0: hey there melons it's reed with another episode of when life gives you melons still a podcast for the dyslexic community still in the closet in the dark we're going to be talking about an interesting topic today Let's hand it over to Drew. Drew! Hello.
1: Yes, we're going to be talking about a, what I believe to be a very interesting topic today. We're going to be talking about the price of dyslexia. And we're going to start off with the monetary price of dyslexia. In this day and age, to raise a child for 17 years, it costs $240,000. Now, if your kid is one of the 10 to 20% that's dyslexic, add another $200,000 onto that. That's a pretty steep price.
0: Yep, and I know that you're out there wondering, man, where is this lady getting that price from? Well, it's a conservative yet rough estimate of what was actually spent on my education and getting me the help that I needed. Because I was a non-reader and now I am a reader. This is what was was spent on me.
1: Going to a private school that specializes in helping dyslexics.
0: Yeah. So you're going to be out there and you're going to be like, Hey, uh, there's, a, there's special ed classes at public school. And I'm going to remind you yet again that these special ed classes in public school are not set up for people like us. They're not set up for people with high-functioning learning differences. The, the type of reading program that we need is, one, highly immersive. Two, you need a specialist to actually administer it to you or a teacher that has just gone through a program to administer it, and a lot of them haven't. And then you just have to keep up on it. And it's it just – it's not – public schools are not set up for dyslexics to get the help that they need. It's just – that's what it is.
1: And I know there's people out there going, not only do you have the special ed classes – But you also have an IEP that's supposed to help with educating children with disabilities. An IEP stands for Individual Education Plan. And they don't work as well as you think. Especially when teachers have a hard time understanding the importance of implementing them. Well,
0: so here's the thing with the IEP only 1 in 10 dyslexics will qualify for an IEP. Like you said, it is this like individualized education program. It's also a legal paper that tells the school what your diagnosis is and how to properly implement the help that you need to be properly educated. And there is, there always has been a fight between uh, schools and parents and how to implement these IEPs. And that I'm going to say, okay, it's not every single school, it's not every single teacher out there that has a hard time with this, but in in my life, I have run into some really, really hard blockers. So that's why we're actually having this conversation.
1: Actually, our parents, I mean, four out of our parents, five kids are dyslexic. And they had to fight with our school several times down to getting a lawyer advocate for dyslexia in order to help us get the minimum the education we needed
0: yeah which is actually something i want to talk about here in a hot second and does feed into that price of trying to just this physical like cold hard cash price of trying to get your kid the help that they need just to get the education that they have a right to and it is a right yeah and another thing that Is feeding into this price is the fact that you do have to get diagnosed to get the help that you need in school to continuously have your IEP. You have to be diagnosed once, obviously, for your first diagnosis, and then once every three years after that to keep your IEP and to make sure that your dyslexia hasn't, I don't know, gone away, gotten better. Like it can. It just it doesn't it doesn't really make sense to me, but. Like your brain changes magically. Yeah, which it doesn't. Um, I mean, whatever. You can get with therapy. You do get a, a better way of processing, but it doesn't go away. Anyways, so with this, you have to get tested once for getting diagnosed, once every three years after that to keep your IEP, and then at least one more time if you're going to college because they're not going to believe you. They're going to want another test, a brand new one. And these tests, if you don't have insurance... Are around $5,000 each and if you times that by five to six times that you have to get testing over your you know your career in school you're going to be spending roughly 25 to 30 thousand dollars on testing alone and I think we're really lucky that our parents had good insurance to get us tested all the time and to get the help that we needed because I do know that that is a blocker for some people So as we stated earlier a little bit uh, about with our parents is that they did eventually have to get a lawyer to help implement this IEP because it wasn't being listened to. And this isn't just an issue that our family has gone through. Uh, We know a lot of other people that have gone through
1: this as well. So it is something that does feed into this price and it's kind of ridiculous. That's exactly why our parents had to get a lawyer to negotiate with the school in order to get our IEPs implemented correctly. And that is a price, and a time-wasting exercise that no parent should have to go through.
0: Yeah, and along with that time-wasting, the longer that you're going without getting the proper help that you need, the worse the remediation is going to be for dyslexia. The longer you're going in school without getting help and the more that is impacting your self-esteem. And I'm going to say it again, and I keep having to pop this bubble. We know from a very young age from as early as, I mean, I was, I feel like four for me, that you are different. So uh, not getting the help the whole time just ingrains that,
1: that negative, this is too hard, I am too stupid to do this. We don't just know that we're different. Everybody else can tell that we're different. Let me think. I, I was definitely about five years old. I remember sitting outside the lunchroom waiting to get picked up to do my first testing. I have a very vivid memory of that.
0: Yeah. So we remember this and we know it. Um,
1: if parents can't get the help that they
0: need at their public school, a lot of the times they do have to resort to getting outside tutoring or in general just sending their kid to a private school. And that is that is what happened to me and my brother. Uh, we got sent to a private school. Um,
1: but... What do you think that the price is for either of these things? Well, considering that any good reading therapy course is at least four years long, and you're supposed to go there or you need to do it at least, what, three days a week for 45 minutes? Thereabouts. So three days a week for 45 minutes for four years. How much does that cost to read? So this is a rough estimate.
0: Um, Private tutors all have different, obviously different, prices here, but it's roughly like a, roughly $200 a week. And for four years, that's about $42,000, 41000 over four years. So, I mean, it is our cheapest option out of the two, um, out of
1: private school, but it's not as immersive. It's not as immersive and it extends the length of the child's school day, which cuts into the important activities of Well, one, time to get their homework done themselves, extracurricular activities, which are very important to children to have throughout their life. I feel like there's something else I could add to that, but I can't think of it. Well, I think you actually have three
0: things there. It extends the school day, it adds to um, cutting into their homework, and adds more homework to them, and it takes away from their ability to do extracurriculars. So finally, we're going to talk about a private school option, which is the most immersive you can do. We love tutors, but they only really handle one aspect of it, which is the reading aspect, and dyslexia is a whole different way of processing. So a private school will normally help with the actual processing with other things. Um, It's more immersive. My private school, I went there from 6th grade to 12th grade. It was $26,000 a year and was over 100 miles away from my house. Uh, I think over my whole time there, it equals out to like 165,000. Our transportation wasn't paid for either, so imagine that. This also leads me to getting really annoyed at people complaining about having to drive somewhere that's 20 minutes away because I spend over 2 hours in a car every day from 6th grade to 12th grade just for school.
1: I'm just saying. Oh, I told, I know I understand.
0: Yeah. to these like both of these are just prices that are are, are out there just because we're dyslexic. How Like, it's like, I honestly feel like people that need glasses shouldn't have to pay for glasses. This is ridiculous. It's not their fault they're blind. It's not my fault I am dyslexic. And the fact that this price tag is held over us is ridiculous. And this is just one price tag. We're going to get into the other two right now. Our next thing that we're going to run into is the price that society pays, which is functional literacy. And I'm going to give you a percentage here. 20% of the U.S. estimated, 20% of the U.S. is functionally illiterate, with 50% of those people being dyslexic. The fact that the U.S. is considered 20% to be functionally
1: illiterate is ridiculous to me. It's absolutely ridiculous, especially when, you know, you look at, the people will look at those people because of this this disinformation about dyslexia out there and go... I just should have been trying harder.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like the, the issues of dyslexia and other reading disorders because there's other ones besides dyslexia. It's like these issues just want to be swept underneath the rug. But every time you do that, there's this noticeable lump. There's this noticeable lump of people that you're leaving behind and is really a hindrance, I feel like, to society. And I'm going to give you another, some more um, numbers here. About 30% of dyslexics will drop out of high school. And that is twice The percentage of other countries like the UK and Australia that are really trying to help their dyslexics. With that, we also have the, like, what does that give us? You know, we don't go into higher education normally because of that. We tend to see um, a lot of issues in the juvenile system. 85% of people in the juvenile system have a reading disorder. Eighty five percent. That's not surprising to me at all. Yeah. Well, ready. 48 percent. That's double the amount that we see in regular society. Forty eight percent of people incarcerated adults are dyslexic. That is not surprising to me at all. I'm sorry. I feel like even with how much I'm a functioning dyslexic that I am still very much written off. So I can't imagine Mm -hmm. being a non-functioning dyslexic and just continuously
1: being told that you didn't try hard enough. Like, you didn't try hard enough, You're bad, you know, your inability to, to read or read well, all that, it's all your fault. And, I mean, and when the system, I'm sorry, when the system fails you that way and you don't get the education that you need and you can't, because of that, you can't get the jobs that you need to support your family, what options do people have?
0: Yeah. It's just, it's, it's honestly devastating to me because it's the same things that I heard growing up and I understand like it's always being told that you know you're not, you're not trying hard enough that you're lazy that all these things that are just, just so
1: ridiculous and it's exactly why we're doing this Okay. if you don't learn how to read you're never going to make it in this world sorry I was actually told that verbatim by a teacher well a teacher's aide but whatever it's like I don't know it's like you're being
0: punished for something that you can't help that but you whatever. can't
1: help yeah you're being punished for something that you can't help
0: Okay, so that actually was a fast one. I mean, we stayed on the money part for a long time, and now Mm -hmm. we got our percentages of our dropout rate, 35%, ridiculous, the amount in juvie, 85% with dyslexia, and twice the amount in the criminal system that we can see with 48% being dyslexic when it's only supposed to be 20% at the highest in, in, uh, in regular society. I don't know how to say that. Whatever. So our last price I would say is kind of like we've been alluding to it a lot already and it is its own episode as well it's gonna be the price of ourself the price that we pay where we aren't able to fully be us because we're always broken we're always being treated like we're broken we're always again in this whole like fix it not feed it mentality (laughs) kids with dyslexia are as smart as their peers but we face more daily challenges and stress because of our our different way of processing, because of how things are set up, and because of the misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. That it is – I find it abhorrent that people just are like, well, yeah, everyone has stress. Yes. I feel like there's a big difference, though, between – a dyslexic individual and having it be almost a trauma response which it is it's considered a trauma response and having regular stress and i'm not it is it is a completely different experience and i'm not saying that like you can't have crazy stress because you're not dyslexic but this is actually something that is a part of our community it if you have dyslexia a lot of the times you get
1: see the the thing is like people will say sorry
0: if you have dyslexia a lot of times you get diagnosed with General anxiety disorder, which is is an actual disorder, and also a major depressive disorder. It's we're gonna talk about them Mm -hmm. a ton more.
1: It's just this is a price. It's us. It's true. Everyone has anxiety, and I get the um people saying that, but it 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 is different because we carry this with us in every social situation. It's there going to a restaurant and reading a menu. Um, It's they're playing certain board games in large groups of people. And do you pretend you're not dyslexic? Do you tell people? It's. Yeah. You take it everywhere. I mean, the only thing I would say
0: about about this last part about the price of us is that I cannot stress enough how important I think therapy is and how important I think it is to get your kids into therapy especially if they're dyslexic at a very, very young age because they're going to be running into a lot of things that they don't necessarily know how to handle. And they're really figuring it out on their own because no one else is going through what they're going through. And a lot of the times it's hard to, it's hard to understand that you are going through something and having somebody trained and always
1: there is really helpful. If they're lucky, they have a peer going through it with them, if they're lucky, so this is what the whole this whole episode is boiling down to.
0: The price here. The privilege. Education shouldn't be a privilege. It's a human right. And I feel like it's being held like it's a privilege.
1: I agree, totally agree with you.
0: This There's a monetary price. Yeah. There's a monetary price. There is a price that we pay when we don't get the help that we need in our schools farther down the road. And then there's the price that we pay when we... When we aren't able to be cultivated because people don't understand us. I mean, there's this... It is not a privilege. It is a right. Education is a right, not a privilege. Education
1: is a right. <laughs> okay, I just... Uh, and we know how to educate people with dyslexia because we understand the way the brain works and how they take in information. So please, please, let's do it. Let's do it.
0: Let's help everybody. Let's, let's stop trying to have these conversations about... Why educate everyone? (laughs) and Just do it. Okay. Okay, guys. Do it. In conclusion, there's a price to having a brain that functions differently. But should there be? We would really love to see a world where early identification is implemented in schools, where dyslexic learning is common and able to be uh, easily accessed in schools as well, where resources for teachers are better, where the door to these resources for people like us is an easy one to walk through and not something that we can't, that we have to like be shoving against. And it's just like a world where, where there's a plan for dyslexic students and not just like this, this idea of shooting in the dark. And I'm going to leave you with a quote for today. Ready? Frederick Douglass. Everyone loves this quote. He said, It's easier to build strong children than it is to repair broken men. So let's get past this stupid financial price. Let's get past this inability to help everybody. And let's not keep paying the price in our society and community. It's like we're shooting ourselves in the foot, I feel
1: like. Let's, yeah, we are completely shooting ourselves in the foot. Let's encourage the things that make us different... The things that make us better. And make sure we're giving everybody the best chance they can. That wraps up our episode for today.
0: Uh, I know it was a lot of mild ranting, but hopefully you got something out of it. <laughs> I mean, we're just kind of... There's a lot of, like, ranting reeling in just in general
1: in our life. So who cares, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And this one... Sometimes it's hard not to rant about this subject. It's a bit on the passionate side for me, but... Yeah. Which it should be. That's why I'm doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. That's why we're doing the podcast. It's because we're passionate about this.
0: So if our ranting hasn't scared anyone away, and if you got anything out of it, always follow us, please. Because then you can get new episodes, and it also helps us in general. It helps other people see us... Um, and if you leave a comment, that helps me even more. It helps me know, one, if you like me, and two, it also helps people like me, other melons, and you, possibly. Are you a melon? It helps people like us find each other and find me and find this podcast. And Drew. Hi, Drew. Hello. So uh, follow. Yes. Follow and review and go over to Instagram at melons.podcast on Instagram, melons.podcast Instagram. We have visuals. We have... visuals. <laughs> and quotes. Yeah. I post them there attemptively weekly. Um, things that go along with our episodes will be posted over there along with just some extra little
1: fun doodads and snippets. So say hi cool we are a community and we are happy to be building this community with you and we are excited to continue this journey with you thank you so much for coming and listening to us rant as always melons be different be kind